Hello, I'm Kelly Crichton and this is The Reset Room. We are here to give you the tools you need to succeed and to answer your questions on your journey to fulfillment. This week we're talking all about imposter syndrome. In other words, why we think we're not good enough and what we can do about it. In this series of The Reset Room, we're covering some really interesting and timely topics like burnout and how to avoid it, valuing time and looking at when it is time to change your job. This week, I'm joined by Amina Walker, who has 25 years of coaching experience and has seen it all when it comes to personal growth challenges and helping people perform under the pressures we face in life. Amina regularly coaches people in the spotlight and in high profile positions in business, entertainment and sport. Hi, Amina. Thanks for joining us once again on The Reset Room. Hi, Kelly. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So today we are considering why some of us think we're not good enough and what we can do about it. This may not ring true with everyone listening to the podcast, but I'm sure most people will be able to pinpoint a time in their life where they felt like this, whether it was getting up to read in class as a child or that first promotion at work or in our personal relationships. Talk to us about identifying this feeling of not being good enough. Mm. It's an interesting one, this one, Kelly, because quite often it can start really early on, um, quite Mm. often at school. Um, when we're kids and you know what it can be one comment one comment from one Mm. teacher or from Mm -hmm. one other kid or from a parent even or somebody in their family and that Mm. one comment stays in our head and it can cause us self-doubt anxiety Mm -hmm. and every time things go wrong from then on or they don't even go quite right that comment comes back and it tells us they were right they were right to say that because I've got this wrong or I'm not good enough or I'll never get that job um, or I shouldn't mm-hmm. be in this job. So um, it can start really early on. And that applies to more people than we could possibly realise, although it's more prevalent mm-hmm. in women than it is in men. Uh, but it does happen to men. And I've coached many people, male and female, who have um struggled with imposter syndrome. You know, I find it ironic, actually, that a lot of the time people who don't think they're good enough are more than good enough. And especially when you compare them to others who are overconfident. Yeah, that's that's it is ironic because most people who um, struggle with imposter syndrome are the very people who should be in the positions that they're in. And the people who I've coached are recording artists in the spotlight or the chief execs or the directors or the really, really good at what they do. They're the ones who say, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. I don't know if I should be in this position or I'm waiting to be found out. They're the ones who um, come out with these things more often than not. Mm. And I think, you know, I I think you've got to appreciate that you're in a position that you're in for a reason. And somebody put you there. Somebody thought you were good enough to be in that Mm. position. So to a certain extent, it's not how our job to question that. Yeah. We didn't make that decision. Somebody else saw that in us. Uh, but it but it is more prevalent in people who are really, really good than the people who are not so good. Quite opposite and the opposite happens. So people that struggle with the job or they, they don't do very well have a much higher mm. opinion of themselves or are almost in denial yes. of their own performance than the high achievers. It's weird, isn't it? But that's but as I say, it start it can start very early on or with a mistake that stays with us. Mm. Yeah. So that was my next question you've just highlighted a little bit there that it's often associated with high achievers. So I think if you you said to me before I was looking into this a little bit like you know, who suffers from imposter syndrome, I certainly wouldn't have gone like, oh, the best, the best people, you know, because you kind of think, well, to get there, they've surely 
you know, gotten past sort of insecurities, etc. Nah. But obviously not if, if it is associated with high achievers. Definitely not. I've had many, many conversations with people. In fact, you know, uh, one fairly recently where uh, he, actually she in this instance, said to me, I'm waiting to be found out. I'm waiting for somebody to tap me on the shoulder and say, you know what, you shouldn't be in this job yeah. because her imposter syndrome um effect was so mm. strong that she just didn't believe she was good enough to be in that job. And she yeah. was, she'd earned the right, you know, when you're in this senior position, you've generally, you've earned the right to be mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And so um, you have to look at what got me here is the reason or are the reasons why I'm in this position. Mm-hmm. Uh, funnily enough, again, leads on nicely to my next question because it was a woman in that scenario, women are more impacted than Mm -hmm. men too. And actually perfectionists seem to experience this a lot. Yeah, they do. Um, Up to 75% of women at some point in their career struggle with imposter syndrome, up to 75%. Mm. Um, For men, it's way much, much lower, but but it's still there. but it's not as mm. much as women. Um, and maybe it's because women are, um, are more and more now becoming more senior or getting to senior positions where they, they didn't for, for a long time. So it's almost like, should I even be here? Because it, oh, it still yeah. feels a little bit unnatural for many women to be in that mm. position. Um, and for people who want to get everything spot on, then it is difficult mm. because they, they're looking for perfection, but you'll never get perfection in any job. And that's one of the things about in, in people who struggle with imposter syndrome. They think they have to be perfect. In fact, it mm. even stops many women from applying for a job. So what happens is women will apply for a senior position or in fact, any more senior position than they're in now until they think they're 100% ready to do it. Men, on the other hand, will mm. apply at 50 to 60 percent. So they'll think I'm ready enough to get that job, whereas women will wait Amazing. until they're absolutely perfect. And do you know what, Kelly, that is never going to happen. So all of the listeners yeah. um, who are listening to this about imposter syndrome, you are never going to be 100 percent ready. Get the job when you mm. feel like you've got enough of the skills and enough of the qualities to be able to do it. The rest you learn when you're in the job. There's very few people who look at a job description and go, yeah, I can do all those things they want me to do. Very, very few, you know. And if you could, they probably should be paying you more than whatever's on the job description as well, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, I think you're definitely right. Like maybe you don't tick all of the boxes and you're having some sort of internal dialogue about the things you don't do and how important they are. But like you can't decide that. They need to decide that, you know. And I think employers are realistic about are you going to find the perfect person? Probably not, no. you know, but they may become the person, the perfect person. And that's why they're willing to see people who don't maybe take absolutely every box. Yeah, because they're, they're looking for potential or talent yeah. um, or signs yeah. that they are going to be the kind of candidate or the kind of individual that we're looking for. And I think we have to bear that in mind when we're um, thinking about stepping up or going for a different job. But actually, mm-hmm. do I have enough of the right ingredients to get me into that position because then it's the company's dis- decision to decide whether they put me there or not. And that then mm. means you can't think about whether you should be there or not because somebody else has taken it, that decision, um, and you've earned the right to be there. Absolutely. We're referring a lot to work, obviously, but I guess this extends to other parts of our lives too. What are the kinds of behaviours we see from people experiencing imposter syndrome? What happens is in struggling with am I am I good enough holds us back big time. So what happens yep. is we don't take risks because we don't, because what if something might go wrong? We worry about failure. So we stop ourselves mm. 
moving. Um, we struggle to make decisions sometimes. And I've seen this an awful lot in coaching um, because they worry again that uh, is it the wrong decision? We worry with compar- the comparison trap. Am I as good as that person or am I as good as the person before me or am mm-hmm. I good enough to keep the job and what we sometimes do is we display closed body language so we kind of close in on ourselves we walk with our head down or we sit with our arms folded so in other words we, mm-hmm. we don't feel confident enough to take that position mm-hmm. physically and mentally and that means you know when you when you're confident you show bigger stronger mm. body language um, and that just means you know lifting your head up and sitting tall and um, smiling and looking people in mm. the eye but when you're struggling badly with imposter syndrome you avoid all of those things because it's that fear of being found out of getting it wrong looking like you're a failure mm. is holding you back big time and 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 interestingly it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy so because the more you do that the more you don't take risks, the more you struggle with decisions, the more you end up mm. in a position where you don't look like you can do the job. Yeah, you're projecting it, aren't you? Yeah, it's a shame. Yes. Um, yes. So, what, so what can we do to deal with this if we find ourselves in this position or if people listening have that feeling currently in mm. some situation they're in? Yeah. Well, the first thing is um, what I've already mentioned, which is um, accept that if you're if you've been put in that position, that somebody has decided that you have what it takes to do that job. So you've got to accept that. The second thing is look at what you're getting right. Look at what you're doing well. Look at what your strengths are. Because if you really struggle with this badly, you need a list of them so that when you mm-hmm. when those doubts pop up, when that one comment comes back, you need to be able to say, hang on a minute, all of those things that I know I'm good at, all of those things that I've achieved can't be taken away. They've already happened. So they're they're in the bag achievements. Um, And look at all the things that you know you're capable of. So so Mm. what you're trying to do, Kelly, is rebalance that feeling. Um, and you're, mm. you're putting yourself back into a position where, the you know, your self-worth goes up and your self-confidence mm-hmm. comes back again because you have enough evidence to support that feeling. So it's providing mm-hmm. yourself with enough evidence to give yourself the feeling of confident enough to be in that place. As I mentioned there, we've been talking a lot about work, but we do see this in other kind of personal relationships, don't we, as well, where maybe one person feels like they're not good enough for the other person. Yes. And I think this is an interesting one because you'll know. You'll know. We all know, really. But but again, if you listen to your gut, you'll know. Because if mm. you're with the right person, all right, you know, you might have disagreements. You know, you might say things to each other that you don't mean. But generally, your partner, whoever they are, um, will be lifting you up. They'll, they'll be talking you up. They'll be telling you all the things that they love about you, like about you, value yeah. about you. You know, from time to time, some people say it much more than others, um, but they say it. But if you're not with the right person, they what they will do is they will knock you down. They will tell you that you're not good enough. They will say that you don't look good. They will tell you all the things that they don't like about you. Mm. Then you know that actually you're not, it's not you that's the problem. It means that you're in the wrong relationship for you. Yeah. So you've got to be brave enough to recognize that. I'm not the problem here. The situation that I'm in is the problem and I've got to do something about that. So really question, what are the stuff that I'm hearing around me? Um, And is that good enough for me? Because actually you've got to, you've got to value yourself enough to recognize that you don't have to take that. Yeah, it's it's a horrible place to be in, I think. And, and, you know, like we've discussed on another podcast recently, you it's very hard to see the forest through the trees. You can't really independently mm. sort of see the 
the situation clearly until you maybe get that bit of confidence or get a bit of perspective from somebody else, someone you're close to maybe, they might be able to yeah. help out. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you you, you need your friends or you, or you need somebody in your family or you need somebody completely independent to, mm. to, to sound off uh, some of these things with because mm-hmm. they only need to hear a few comments that somebody has said to you to know that actually that's not right. So sometimes we, what happens is we hear it that often that those comments blend into the background and we just don't hear them anymore. But somebody else will hear them just mm. like that instantly. They'll think, oh, yes. why would they say that? Uh, why, why would they make you feel yeah. like that? And, and that doesn't seem right. So you need somebody to sometimes hold up the mirror and show you that what you're mm. experiencing or what you're living with isn't right. And actually, it's not good enough for you. Yeah, I think that that element of the whole, um, you know, women being affected by this, particularly, I think it's interesting, the kind of part that having positive role models plays in all of this, Mm -hmm. because as a society, I think we've been not always the best at promoting women who are successful or women who are doing well. Again, touches Mm -hmm. on the fact that you you sometimes see women in high positions of power, but because they're sat in a room full of men, it kind of impacts their self-view or self-belief. Oh, definitely. So I think it's very important to kind of bear in mind that promoting other women and mm. holding up successful women as positive role models is, is really important too. I certainly try yeah. to do that with my two little girls anyway. <laughs> oh, that's really good. It is, it is, it, there are challenges yeah. um, for men and women um, with imposter syndrome, um, personally and, and professionally. Mm-hmm. It affects um, all of us, but the but there are lots of things to deal with, especially when you get more senior in a job, because, you know, it's happened to me where I've been sat in a boardroom and the majority of the people around the table are men. Yeah. And if they're talking about football or they're talking about a topic that I wouldn't know about or wouldn't yeah. be interested in, you feel isolated already. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of on the outer edge of that discussion and being part of that team. Mm -hmm. So unless you're strong enough and confident to get yourself in or to change the conversation or to be able to stand up for yourself, you'll get swallowed up. Um, And and that can easily happen. So you do need champions around you who will will stand up for you and who will be the reason why, uh, you know, you're still in the role that you're in because they value you and they, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they build your confidence up. So... If if you recognise it or you hear it uh, from somebody else or mm-hmm. you see somebody else going through it, always step in. Yes. Al- always try and do something to lift them up and make them feel better. Yeah. And 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 advise them to be careful who they listen to. Mm. Um, and I say that I say that because often the, the the worst voice that we are hearing is our own. Yes. Because the stuff that we're telling ourselves about ourselves. It's far worse than any critic could mm. ever say to us. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it might go back to that one comment at school or it might go back to a failure at work or something you've cocked up mm. um, personally or professionally. But what happens is we start telling ourselves, you got that wrong, didn't you, Amina? Or, you know, you got that wrong, Kelly. You're going to mm. do it again or you'll never get this right. And so that mm-hmm. can cause us to come down more and more. Uh, and unless we stop that cycle we end up in a ditch um, mm-hmm. mentally and we can't get ourselves out of it unless we recognise it or unless somebody 
helps to bring us back up again. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. And I think, you know, maybe the listeners can't see that in themselves. They probably know someone who has been in that position. So it's great to know that people aren't alone and it can be overcome, obviously, with a little bit of work. So thank you for all the advice there, Emina. So we're moving on to the second part of the podcast now with our listeners' letters. So Sienna got in touch and says, hello to everyone on The Reset Room. I was hoping you might be able to help me with some advice. I have two children aged six and four, the eldest is in primary two and the youngest is due to start this August. I try to get involved with school activities where possible, but I always feel like a total fraud when I'm around the school mums. I was never a particularly maternal person and I find these environments quite intimidating. I feel like I need to be there for my kids and to show I'm a responsible parent, but I inevitably end up comparing myself to the moms who seem to be involved in every after school activity, fundraising, the parent council, as well as doing home baking and most likely some other craft I haven't a clue about. I feel like others see me as an almost neg- as almost neglecting my kids because I work full time. I've never seen myself as a mumsy mum, but I'm really put off by being involved in these things as I don't like being judged help. Mm. Yeah. Well done for getting in touch anyway, Sienna. Uh, yeah. That's not a comfortable place to be. What can yeah. she do, Amina? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good uh, question, Sienna. Uh, please don't feel bad about yourself. You've mentioned a few things there, like being judged and comparison. Um, and these are dangerous things already, you know, that, that lots of us experience, mm. especially as mums. Um, but, you know, the first thing that I'd say is what is a good mum? What is a good mum? Because I guess your kid will be the judge, your kids will be the judge of that. Yes. You know, that you give them the time that they want, you know, you look after them, you clothe them, feed them, nurture them, you have fun with them mm-hmm. in your time. Um, they're, if there is a judge, they're the judge, really. And if you, if you love them unconditionally, and even though they drive you mad sometimes, as kids do, you know, if you love them and you, you do what's right for them, then that's a good mum. Yep. So the first thing is be careful what you're, who you're allowing to judge you as a mum. The second thing is, it's interesting because I, I had a similar experience, Sienna, when I had my little girl because I was working full time. And um, I used to run to the school and try and pick her up, you know, usually the last one to race in. Um, and, and lots of my neighbours and her friends, mm-hmm. parents, mums especially, um, we're, we're always doing all this after uh, act, after school activity stuff. Um, and I remember one of them who I was talking to one day said, oh, God, I really admire you for doing all of these different things. I just don't have the time to do them. And you know what? She turned on, she says to me, oh, God, I look at you and you look like you've got it together. Mm. You've got this job. You managed to do all that. You still managed to, you know, get to the school. You know, you, I don't know how you do it. I don't mm. know how you do a full-time job um, and, you know, be able to look after, you know, your little girl. Uh, I just wish I could be more like you. I just wish I could, you know, look like I've got that responsibility. Mm. And honestly, my mouth must have dropped open, Sienna, mm-hmm. because I thought, here are two different pictures and we're, all we're doing yeah. is seeing one side of each each other Mm, Um, and we're not seeing the other Mm -hmm. so for all of the people that you're looking at and thinking oh god you know we should be more like that there is at least one of them saying I wish I could be a bit more like Sienna I wish I could cope the way that she does Mm -hmm. so um so it goes back to the comparison thing um there is always more side uh more more than one side to a picture Mm -hmm. um so make sure that you're looking at all of it um 
you have got it all together. You're doing a, a, a brilliant job managing the two. And be careful of perceptions. Yeah. Your perception of what you're looking at might be totally wrong because those mums might be struggling badly mm-hmm. when they get back into the house. You don't know what they've got to deal with. So image can cause us to fall down a trap, really, and lead us, lead us into a place where we're, we're suddenly making assumptions and, and yeah. making judgments about others and ourselves that are completely wrong. Don't do that. Think about yourself. Focus on what you're doing and what you're doing well and do it as best you can. You're not going to get it all right, Sienna, because we don't. We None of us do, mm-hmm. especially mums. It's the hardest job in the world. Um, whether you're working full-time, part-time or not at all, it's still a hard job. So understand what you're getting right. Spend the time with your with your kids as much as you can. Enjoy it and do your best. And, and they'll be your judge for you. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think people inevitably compare themselves to others or they compare themselves to how they were brought up. And it's just it's impossible because people are in different situations and nobody knows what the pressures are in a particular mm. family or environment or whatever. So, yeah, be kind mm. to yourself, Sienna, and maybe don't make any presumptions about what other people think of you as well. Good. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so we've got one more today. It's from Helen in Northumberland, emailed and said, my sister is one of the best people I know. She works so hard all the time. She always gives up her time for other people and no task is too big. (laughs) Sounds like one of the moms Sienna was talking about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She has had a series of quite negative romantic relationships. She seems to go for very confident men who after time get bored and walk away. I believe this is partly because she's lacking confidence and is suffering from imposter syndrome. She will never say anything positive about herself, despite the fact she's a great job and everyone thinks the world of her. This extends to her physical view of herself, too. I hate to see her continually putting herself down and going through these terrible romances. What can I do to help her? Mm. Thanks, Helen, by the way, for bringing that question in, because actually, I think a lot of people might be experiencing um, something like this mm-hmm. to, you know, to different extents. And, and, and at least you're there to help her. Some people don't have somebody who, you know, they've got somebody on the side and they really want to help them to get out of it. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I do is I would listen to listen to the language that she comes out with. Listen to how she talks to her, talks about herself. Um, because she might be putting herself down as a result of somebody else putting it down. Mm. And I think what you can do to help is every time you hear it, every time you hear her doubt herself or put herself down, you can stop it at that point and you can turn it around and you can say, and you can say to her, you know, that's not the truth because you're this, or you're really good at this, or um, you're, you look lovely today, or I love it when you wear that, or I love it when your hair looks like that. So for, for all the negative comments that she might come out with or the doubts and concerns, then, then balance it with one to bring her back up again mm. because um, she's only seeing one side and it may be that somebody is saying those things to her um, or maybe that she's just fe- feeling it all herself. Um, either way, it's coming from somewhere. So try and find out maybe what's at the root of it, Helen. What has caused her to, to feel like this in the first place? Is it an event? Is it a person? Or is it a gradual thing that's happening to her because of her life? Um, and maybe she's not in the position in her life that she wants to be in. Mm. Be in. There's always a reason behind it. So look behind it and find mm. see if you can find out what that is. Um, it sounds like she does need somebody to talk to, um, but she needs somebody to 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 play back how she's talking about herself. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the last few years with the pandemic and everything has kind of accentuated some of these problems yeah. as well when we're not 
in our most comfortable environments and maybe kept away from interacting with people. You know, I think all these things, that internal voice maybe gets a bit louder sometimes. It does. So, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because people just get in a rut, don't they, sometimes? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, and you sometimes when that happens, you you stop seeing the good stuff. You stop seeing what you're good at. You stop seeing how far you've come, yeah. how nice you are, how good a friend you are, how nice a colleague you are, how good a parent you are. You stop seeing those things. Yeah. And all you do is you filter out, filter them out and you focus on the stuff that you don't think is is right or or is bad or is, you know, it's not good enough. So challenge her with evidence. Give show give her evidence to support what she's doing right. So in other words, don't just say you're good at this. Give her an example of yeah. you're good at this because do you remember when you did that? Or do you remember, you know, you or you got that job, so you must be good at it. Or somebody believes in you because you're in a really, really good role, or you know, you're really good with your team. So give her some evidence to to support that. And I would also talk to her about. If you continue to do this, mm. if you continue to talk to yourself like this, yeah. you might find yourself in a really low place. And yeah. I don't want that to happen to yeah. you yeah. because that's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're so much more than that. And, you know, you have so much going for you. Um, I don't want that that pattern to continue. Mm-hmm. So so every time I hear you coming out with something, I'm going to stop you and remind you just what you have got going for yourself and just what you what, you, what is good about you. Yeah. So be prepared for me to keep doing that because I'm going to keep bringing you back up again. I don't think it hurts to big anyone up, does it? You know, if you're if you have no. someone you love and you're proud of what they're doing, it's nice to tell them, you know, so maybe, exactly. we, maybe we can all take that advice. <laughs> and especially if you've got evidence rather than making a glib comment, yeah. you know, find evidence. So, you know, so if you're going to say, oh, your hair looks nice today, say why? Because, you know, you've put it behind your ears or mm-hmm. it looks like it's just been washed, which is lovely, or it looks like you've got it a different style or a different colour. Give a bit of evidence so that it doesn't just come across as a, oh, you're just saying that. You've yeah. got a good reason for it. Absolutely. OK, I'm going to thank you for all the advice today. Do you want to summarise for us what we've talked about, maybe? Yes, I do. Thanks, Kelly. So first of all, I would say when it comes to imposter syndrome, whose side are you on? Listen to yourself talk. What story are you telling yourself? Um, And if you are saying a lot of negative stuff, um, as in what Helen was talking about, then change those comments and those phrases from negative into something positive. Secondly, you've earned the right to be where you are. Somebody has put you in that position if you're in it. So what got you there means that you're good enough to be there. Don't question that. You've got potential and you've got talent. Number three, you don't have to be an expert at everything. Um, You've got enough qualities or experience or skill to be doing the job that you're doing now. Number four, know your strengths. Know what you're good at and remember how far you've come with your achievements. Nobody can take those things away. Mm. And number five, if you don't appreciate who you are and what you've got, nobody else will. So start by doing it yourself. And the more confident you feel, the more your self-worth goes up, the more it will radiate. And other people will think, God, yeah, she's confident. Mm -hmm. You know, she's really good at this. She's, you know, she's really positive about that. They'll see it. So start with yourself and appreciate who you are and what you've got. 
That's wonderful. Thank you for joining me once again today, Amina. Your expertise is so valuable and we've had such positive feedback for the podcast. It's literally helping change people's lives. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> if you have a suggestion for future episodes or you would like to see us cover a particular area of personal development, please get in touch via social media. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Reset Room. You can follow us on Twitter at Reset underscore room, on Facebook at The Reset Room and Instagram at Reset Room Podcast. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe Subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends about it if you're enjoying it. The Reset Room is a laudable production produced and hosted by me, Kelly Crichton. Our resident experts are Kay Woodburn of grittypeople.co.uk and Amina Walker, who you'll find on aminawalker.com. See you all next time. Thanks, Kelly.